Welcome to our fifth episode of the third season of the Holly Auckland podcast. Today we have a special guest. Uh, his name is Jason and he's a uh, rising junior at uh, UCLA. Uh, he has a YouTube channel. It's much better than ours. So we'll link it in the description. And today we're just going to interview him and ask him some questions about uh, his high school life, his college life, and uh, career plans uh, going forward. So you want to start off by like introducing yourself, tell us what you do at UCLA and some basic stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. So as Ian has mentioned, hi, my name is Jason. I'm a rising junior studying neuroscience here at UCLA. And I also make YouTube videos during my like free time and stuff. So I think it's a pretty cool hobby. A lot of people have came up to me because of my YouTube videos on campus. But overall, that's basically what I'm focused on right now. It's just school and getting into hopefully med school in the future. And that's actually coming up pretty soon. That's awesome. Uh, I kind of wanted to ask, like, how did you get into, uh, I'm not too familiar with, like, neuroscience stuff. How did you choose that as a major? Um, and what was, like, your high school time like, and that, did that influence your choice to choose that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a good question. So, actually, I got into UCLA first as a biochemistry major, and that's kind of just, um, just basically something random that I picked when, like, applying to UCLA at first. The major you choose, like entering college, doesn't really matter as long as it's like in the same like category. So UCLA, because it's a university, it has more than one type of college in it. So you have your engineering college, your life and science college, which is what I'm in. There's also like theater and like nursing, all that. So I got in as biochemistry and then I was able to change my major to neuroscience after going to like major fairs and seeing like what really interests me the most. And like overall, I felt like neuroscience was like one of the more interesting majors that they had there, which is why like I've taken the prerequisites for the neuroscience classes and then switched into like the program like two quarters ago. Cool, so what kind of work exactly do you do? Do you do like research, uh, volunteering, anything like that? Yeah, so Pre-COVID, actually, um, I was in the hospital next to UCLA, so Ronald Reagan Hospital, and I was basically like a volunteer there. I basically got to like shadow nurses, shadow doctors, and see like what they typically do. And I also sign up for like different types of shifts, so like morning shifts, and then also like night shifts on like what usually like the attending like nurses like have to do like for the patients and stuff. Um, I think it's pretty cool because inside our program, what happens is every around every quarter, you will like get to choose a different department to like a shadow in. So I was only able to do that or like do two rotations before like COVID hit everything and it canceled like a lot of like my clinical work. So I thought it was pretty cool. I was in like a general medicine department for my first quarter. And then I went to a oncology, oncology clinic during the second um, rotation. And right after I was going to do a third rotation in the ER, but then like because of coronavirus and everything that's happened, I wasn't able to do so. So that's what I mainly did my freshman year at UCLA. So then like with coronavirus and all of that, my sophomore year, I spent more time focusing like on academics so a lot of my classes that I've taken so I've actually gone ahead of my like class like four year schedule and I was able to take more classes my sophomore year 
And then also able to like volunteer at UCSB since I lived in San Diego basically growing up. So I thought it was a good way to like give back to the community and help with their coronavirus vaccine drive. Interesting. That's actually really cool you stayed in that uh, entire SoCal area. Mm -hmm. So I'm personally uh, kind of like interested in the same uh, type of thing you are, neuroscience, biomedical engineering, that kind of thing. And I was wondering uh, for med school, especially in UCLA, uh, in terms of getting opportunities and stuff, I've heard that a lot of people say that at these large public schools like UCLA, it's even though there are a lot more opportunities in like the LA area, uh, they're way more competitive because there are just so many people and so many universities in the area and it actually turns out being way harder than going to somewhere like in a rural area. Do you think UCLA has been good for that or what do you think? Yeah, I think that's overall partially true. Um, certainly with like being in like the center of LA, you have a lot more opportunities, but the drawback is you have a lot more people also competing with you for like these opportunities. So actually during my sophomore year, I've gotten, I think three, four rejections actually, to like certain pre-med organizations and pre-med clubs. And, you know, it does hurt sometimes like being like rejected, like even without an interview sometimes with these like opportunities like these, like you're interested in it, but they can only like take up a certain amount of people, which is understandable. However, I would say that like, as long as you keep looking for it, you will eventually find something that will be like interesting and like helpful for your career. Um, like for me, it actually took, it didn't take as long, but um, I started in November. So three months of it actually for my first clinical like shift. But like after that, I haven't been able to get like other opportunities. So it is, it is definitely challenging, but I would say as long as you know, like some people, it is for sure possible to get in. Oh yeah, that's super cool. So like kind of pivoting away from the discussion of your current like studies and internships at UCLA, mm -hmm. since we're all high schoolers, we kind of like to ask like older guests and older students, like, mm -hmm. like where they went to high school and how their whole high school, high school experience was like, what were the moments they really enjoyed and what kind of moments they regretted? So it was like talking about that. Okay, yeah. Um, high school for me for was, was kind of a while ago, but uh, from, my, from like what I know about high school, I would say like, I went to a public high school in San Diego. So um, it's all right, I would say for us, actually, my high school was very academically like oriented. So for me, I actually took 13 APs in high school, but like for us, like that was kind of like the norm because um, a lot we're offered like a lot of APs. So we pretty much have to take these AP classes in high school just to like be around, like just be like competitive for like college admissions. Since like when they look at, or like when college admissions look at your um, like own profile, they like competed compete you with like other like people in like the same high school. So that, so that's part of the reason why I kind of had to like take a lot of APs. Um, I'll say some regrets I've definitely have with like high school is I wish I started like some extracurriculars earlier. Um, when I was applying to like colleges and thinking about it, a lot of my like 
activities, extracurriculars were during my junior and senior year. Um, so if I was able to start just like one year earlier, I feel like I would have definitely like been able to be like more competitive college application wise. Um, I would also like at the same time say like something I kind of regretted with like high school is like, I wish like I kind of like had a bit more fun to be honest, but that's just my perspective because of like how academically focused my um, high school was. So yeah, being able to be like less like stressed about like a bunch of AP like classes and be able to like do more stuff in high school certainly would have been good. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't really have as many regrets for high school, I would say, um, because like, I think it's just like part of my journey and it's gotten me to like a place where like, I'm pretty like proud of right now. Oh yeah, that's, that's super cool. That's super mm -hmm. cool journey. But I was just wondering like after high school, like how would you, pivot to choosing like UCLA and how did you weigh your options between choosing different colleges? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for me, my final four like college choices came down to UCLA, UC Berkeley, Northwestern, and then uh, U Michigan. And the reason I chose UCLA were like based on a couple factors. So like the first one I would say is like the campus vibe. I think like with UCLA, since I grew up in San Diego, um, it was pretty similar to like the vibes I got in like San Diego, but like at the same time, it's like a bit different because like I'm basically in a city right now and then was in San Diego, it seems a little bit less remote, like suburb type. So that's one factor. So like there's some change, but at the same time with LA, there's like a security like factor for me. So like it's not a huge deal when it comes to like, if there's like a family emergency or if I just want to go back to San Diego, it's then like only a two hour drive. So I'm able to like go home pretty often, like whenever I want compared to the other three choices. And then um, I would say final like thought about that is um, like being in state and the campus culture. So being in state helps me a lot in terms of tuition, I would say. Um, going to a public school, like in state, it's a lot cheaper than the other ones. I think that's definitely helpful for me in terms of my career path, because I'll still be having to like pay for med school. So um, being able to save as much money as I can for me and my parents is like a smart move to me. And the reason I chose LA over UC Berkeley was it just came down to like the campus vibes. I feel like with LA, everything is more well-balanced. Whereas Berkeley, people are a lot more competitive and a lot more like academically focused. So um, people just seem stressed a lot of the times when I visited UC Berkeley and I felt like that wasn't like the best college environment to be in. Plus it's farther away and it's cloudy, like mostly the weather isn't as good as LA, but um, that's my primary reasons why I chose um, LA over Berkeley. So did you know when choosing that, that you wanted to like do med school? Um, like were you set on doing something? Cause you said you um, were gonna do biochem so maybe you would switch in the sides, but I was just wondering. Yeah, so that's also part of the reason why I switched. So like when I was applying to colleges, I wasn't completely sure. I knew like med school was like 
a good route that like I could focus on throughout my four years in college and just have this clear path for me to have like things planned out and like ready to go. But then, um, so switching out of biochem was part of that plan, like after learning more about like the major for biochem as well as like the other majors that UCLA offers. So I switched out of biochem mainly because of the requisites as well in which the courses you take as a biochemistry major is a lot different than um, any other life science major because biochemistry technically leans more to like the chemistry side than biology. So then um, you take like a different set of courses than like your typical pre-med at like UCLA. Yeah, so now that we've kind of gone over like how you pick college and uh, like what you want to do, we're what, uh, we're, what us personally were wondering is uh, mm -hmm. like, how, is, how does college like actually work? As in like, how are the classes like? Uh, how are they different from high school classes? Um, mm -hmm. And also like maybe how the grade system works because uh, I've heard from like Sajiv, he says that um, you don't know your grade at all throughout mm -hmm. the year or something like that. And I'm just wondering if that's true. So maybe if you could elaborate a bit on uh, how college classes are different than high school classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would say for me, like the transition from high school to college isn't like as different as like other people in like their high schools because our college or like my high school ran on the quarter system. So it's the same as UCLA, the difference. So like the pacing wise is like same as like an AP class for us. But what's different is like mostly like, as you said, the grading. So for college classes, your grading's determined a lot about different types of like tests that you take. So your quizzes, midterms, finals, a lot of the typical college classes will just get you like an average between like two midterms and like a final and like that's your final grade in like the course. So it feels a lot more high stakes than let's say high school where like even homework counts for a solid portion of the grade. Um, that's the main difference with online learning though it did get like it did more closely resemble a typical like what's it um high school like curriculum because a lot of my professors for um online learning they made like homework actually like a substantial part of like the grade as well just so people aren't slacking off and like they could be able to like have a better grasp of the material, I would say. Um, but other than that, you do become more independent in college as well. So like you do have to like do other stuff outside of school. Every You don't have your parents to like tell you what to do. So you just have to like make the most of it and use like your judgment to like make connections and be able to like get research opportunities or like extracurricular events. I was just wondering uh, how, how did uh, your, I guess like your school do uh, midterms and finals like online since mm -hmm. I guess you said that they're a huge part of the grade. Like I'm just wondering how they did it. Yeah, so for my online classes, I think it's basically like the same as an in-person one. The main difference is that it is open notes instead of um, like you walking to a lecture hall to pick up a packet and do it in a span of 90 minutes, two hours. And um, yeah, the second part of that is like the time limit. 
for me, I think that definitely helped me a lot because I'm, I feel like I'm not the fastest like test taker. So I would need some more time on it. But with online learning, um, the problems you get are definitely more difficult, but you get more time with it as a result. A lot of my like classes, they will have um, like 24 hour exams. However, um, as we're shifting back, I realized like a couple of my like professors are like trying to return back to like the normal test taking time. So what will happen to accommodate is you can take the test anytime during like a 24 hour window. But once you start a test, you have to finish it on the spot with a time limit. So um, yeah, that's usually how my midterms and finals have gone for basically like the biology classes. For a second, I thought you meant that you had to take an exam over 24 hours. I was a little concerned. Oh, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so in biology type majors, like what you're doing, I know they're usually in an in in-person school, there's supposed to be a lot of labs. Labs are basically kind of like their own course in a way. So over COVID, uh, of course, I guess you guys were not able to do that. So how did uh, labs work out? Yeah, so for us, UCLA labs, um, I was actually scheduled for an in-person lab class, but unfortunately because of COVID, um, they shifted it like really quickly online. And at first I wasn't a huge fan of it just because basically how labs go is instead of doing the lab yourself, you have to watch like the TA do the lab with like a YouTube video. And like, in my honest opinion, I don't think they're like the best like YouTube videos that they made, like with the camera angles and stuff, um, you can barely see like what's going on. But um, it got some better with like some other lab classes that I've taken after in which they had like, I don't remember the program's name, but it was basically like a hands-on lab that they made like virtually in like 3D space. So you use a mouse and you like navigate it like similar to like Google Street View and you do like lab tasks based on it. And then you get data even though they're pre-programmed, like they walk you through like everything you have to do pretty well, I would say. And overall labs, you still do like lab reports and all that, just that you're using other people's data instead of like the data you like obtain and measure, which can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. So like a good thing about it is like, since it's, since like, um, the data is already like given people like you can then like confirm with TAs like if this data is right or not and they'll be able to like tell you a definitive answer within like office hours it's not as great of a thing when it comes to like technically like decision making skills in a lab so like you can basically like ask other people if like the answers are right or not but if you like do your data and you like didn't get like the final expected results, then like you, there's no process in which you like go back and like look at where you messed up in like the lab, which procedure you didn't do correctly, what you could have like improved it. That's not something you can get just from like data you get. Yeah, so you were mentioning about how like tests and quizzes were like super hard in college. 
and I've heard in general that college in general is pretty hectic and it's you have to manage your time really well so how do you go about like structuring your day like leaving enough time for your homework and still having enough time for like hanging out with friends or extracurriculars mm-hmm. like internships like at Arnold Reagan mm-hmm. yeah so something I did like during in post in college a lot is actually like the night before I go to bed I will have like a small like notebook that I carry around throughout the day and I basically write down on like two pages of paper so like in the notebook on the left half of the like notebook I'll be writing down all the tasks that I have to do today if I don't have to do today then I put it at the bottom of the left hand page and then on the right hand side it's going to be like an hour by hour like schedule for my day so I'll include like all my classes by the hour. Any break I'm ha- I'll have, like what will I do during this break? And like, what will I get done? And then I still, and like sometimes with homework, you don't know like how long you'll be able to do this. So what I'll do is instead, I'll leave like a chunk of time for homework. If I need more time, I can like quickly like make edits in the notebook throughout the day. So then like I can move things to the other side for the next day, or I can like move, like just shift things around just by a basis. Um, with online learning, it definitely got like a lot more difficult to like stay focused, I would say, because like everyone's back home, you get to see like a lot of the friends you normally wouldn't see in college. So I feel like I've been hanging out more with friends than like in person like college because I felt like I was pretty busy. But um, yeah, so for online college, what I did instead is I did the same process pretty much, but digitally on like Apple Notes. So it's I feel like it's less efficient because it's a lot easier to change stuff. So I'll change stuff more frequently, but um, that's basically my process on like, how I was able to like schedule out my day. I see. So you were in person on campus for a year, right? For half a year. Half a year, much. right. So I guess, how did you fit in? Like, do you think you had enough time or just any time for socializing? Did you plan that at all? Like with friends at all? Or I would say not as much as I like hope to, because um, I feel like for me, I'm not like what people like envisioned like the stereotypical like college student to be. I feel like even with me, just like by the way I'm raised and like by what I've been doing in high school, I'm more academically focused than like other high school students who like Fridays will like include them like a drinking, going to parties, all of that. But um, so how my friends and I socialize is like through like meals and stuff. So with college, we try our best to like plan our meals to have have it like at the same time. So it's a good way to like just talk with like the people you know. And then afterwards, if there's nothing much to do, um, I feel like we're pretty introverted. So we'll be playing like video games. So we'll be playing Super Smash Brothers together in like a common lounge and then just talking like that way. But I wish we would have like went out to LA more and did more fun activities as a group, even though like at that time, I feel like we were pretty limited just because no one had like a a car. 
So it was pretty annoying to like Uber around as well. I see, I see. So who are your, or how did, how did you find your friends? Are you friends with your roommates or, and how did you pick out your roommates? Yeah, so for me, how I found my roommates was actually through like a Bruin Day. So Bruin Day is actually like an, ev an event for like admitted students, I would say like around like April or like May of your, um, of your senior year in high school. So I was able to find my roommates um, that way, just like by me actually meeting like one of them and then like talking before like deciding to be roommates. The other um, person was basically like a random person that like um, UCLA assigned me to pretty much. Um, I feel like right now I get along more with like the random roommates that was assigned to me more than like the person I talked to. But um, since the person transferred away to uh, Berkeley, but that's how I met my roommates. I'm pretty good friends with my roommates, I would say. So my friend group actually. Um, my roommate's friend. And then three of my like um, high school friends. So that's usually how like, that's like my main part. Like over time, it has gotten bigger. And then, um, yeah, that's basically all for my friends. Right, so you said you're still friends with some of your uh, like high school friends, but I did want to ask like, uh, since like, the, I assume you're back for summer now, uh, like do you, are you still friends with like a good amount of your high school friends, like your friend group? And uh, like, how is that dynamic, I guess? Um, yeah, for sure. Like definitely with like coronavirus, it has like definitely strengthened like my bonds with like my high school friends because I, like I'm back like in San Diego, they're back in San Diego. So we're able to like meet a lot more often and be able to like talk more and catch up. Um, I would say, yeah, overall, like, I'm still friends with, like, a lot of the people that I have, like, been friends with in high school, but, um, yeah, it's pretty cool being able to, like, spend, like, a whole year with them, I would say, and, like, being able to do your own stuff and then, like, have, like, this, like, extended amount of time together. I see. So, do you think if COVID had not happened, do you think you would still be friends with your, or how many high school friends do you think you'd still be in touch with? Um, if COVID didn't exist, I feel like I would definitely be, still be like friends with like three or four of my like closer like friends overall in like my friend group um, in high school. I'm not too sure exactly because these are all like hypothetical situations, but because um, even like when I was off to college during my freshman year, I still was able to like do FaceTime calls with like the friends that I know. So we've been friends for six years, seven years now. So um, I don't think our friendship like has been affected that much because of me going to college.
Yeah, so obviously, like, UCLA is considered one of, like, the most beautiful campuses, right? So I, I, that kind of extends past the campus itself, I've heard. So what do you think about, like, the surrounding, like, Beverly Hills area and, like, the Hollywood area? Is it as 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 cool as other people say it is or it's a bit overhyped? Um, <laughs> I would say... Yeah, overall, the neighborhood is definitely nicer than like a lot of other colleges that like I've toured. Um, with like the whole Beverly Hills and Bel Air thing, I haven't been able to go often to it. But at the same time, I feel like it's definitely been over dramatized in like media and like TV. Because like when I go to like, let's say Beverly Hills for something, it doesn't feel like a whole new world. It feels basically similar to like an extension of Westwood. So I guess that could be like a good thing to some people. But um, yeah, there's not much like difference overall in like the whole West LA region, I feel. Is the, uh, is the air in LA like noticeably, noticeably bad? I've heard about like pollution and stuff. Um, yeah, for, compared to San Diego, definitely. Um, there was one time where I was on campus, like walking in the afternoon and then I look up in the sky and the sky was brown. <laughs> so, I'm, so I like kind of pointed it out to like my friends about it. Um, back in person, we had some wildfires near campus. So like the air quality index for like a whole like two weeks wasn't the best. But um, other than that, like you still get your, um, Southern California weather, so like you have sunshine and then like 70s, 80s, usually year round, not like a real winter, it never gets like too cold, but it does sometimes get like really hot. That's it. Yeah, SoCal weather is definitely mm -hmm. that kind of desert vibe. So I wanted to ask a little bit about your pre-med journey. So I know a lot of schools uh, of all types, like they have a, not exactly like a pre-med major, but a pre-med track where they hook you up with an advisor, that kind of thing. I want to ask, what does UCLA do about that? Do you feel their support has been good or moderate or what do you think? Yeah, so in terms of like pre-med in general, UCLA actually doesn't have like a pre-med advisor, like whose like profession is to like guide pre-meds. And like, I feel like that's understandable because if you think about how many pre-meds there are in like UCLA, like it's a lot. A statistic that I've read before is if all the like UCLA students, like pre-meds went to medical school in California, they're able to enroll every single college within California's like medical schools with, with their pre-meds. And like, that's a lot of pre-meds to have like any advisor deal with. So, um, instead of like having like official pre-med advisors that people go to, what happens is like, you do have like mentors. So upperclassmen that will guide you like underclassmen about like um, different courses they should take as well as like just the whole like process in general. And you also have like other like guest speakers, maybe like students from like the UCLA medical school who is willing and like interested to like be able to talk about their journey as well on like being able to get into medical school and their process to like the upperclassmen. So 
I feel like the support is like definitely still there, but it's not going to be like hand fed to you like a lot of like other private schools would be doing because of like how little people they have. Right. So since you've talked a good amount about, I guess, what you're doing to prepare for uh, like medical school, one thing that like the one thing I know about is like you have to take the MCAT test. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering like when do uh, you have to take it? And uh, mm -hmm. like, what do you do to prepare, I guess? And then, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so actually I'm technically right now still scheduled for the MCAT on September 3rd of like this year. So I've been doing like some light reading about like different like MCAT like concepts overall. Um, I feel like for me, because I'm also taking summer classes, I'm kind of behind in like what I'm studying for the MCAT. So I've been like discussing with friends with it. So there's a good possibility that I'll be postponing my MCAT to maybe January of next year or February of next year, just so I can get more time to like review content like at a slower speed. I feel like I did something similar with the SAT as well. Um, I spent like a lot more like time studying for the SAT than like a normal like high school student have for sure. Um, but other than that, like the MCAT's just another like obstacle that you have to overcome. And I think right now, the good part about it is I still have time to like make a decision for that step. Yeah, I guess I, decisions I was gonna ask, uh, maybe, I, maybe you probably don't know now, but like, do you have any uh, like certain types of doctors that you are want, want to be, or certain, I guess, uh, fields that you want to enter in, I guess, uh, medicine specifically? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, right now, it's really hard for me to say just because something I want to do is to be able to like shadow and like be able to like look at like what doctors typically do in like different types of fields. I feel like for me, I definitely need more like internship experience to make a more like wisely decision or like more thought out decision so yeah right now i'm not too sure but i've been looking at like maybe like family medicine as an option and maybe other types of like neuroscience like related fields but overall that's been like my plan right now yeah, so kind of rewinding all the way back to the first, like your first days on campus, like how did that first initial freedom feel like? Because you're without your parents, you have your own door room. Mm -hmm. You're like, you have to be way more self-sufficient. So what kind of like challenges you faced and did you really feel like this freedom was as great as everyone says it was? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I feel like with my first quarter at UCLA, um, I didn't enjoy it the most mainly because I feel like academically, I could have done a lot better. And as for like other things, it was really definitely like a challenge to be able to like balance out my classes, I would say. Because um, I feel like for my first quarter, I got tired pretty easily in college. So I see myself like staying up late, um, maybe even for like dumb things like talking with friends and yeah, just um, not using my time like the most effectively. Um, and sometimes like 
because I wasn't able to like get enough sleep, I would like not have like the best focus on my classes. And um, yeah, overall, I feel like since the first quarter, I've gotten a lot better at like time management and like being able to have like a life outside of academics. So I guess that's a positive direction, but for the first quarter, I wasn't like the biggest fan of my college because everything was like, everything seems to be moving so fast. It still is, I feel, but um, I feel like I was able to like slow down now a lot more and be able to like, and actually like enjoy things before then like the first quarter. <laughs> also during like that first quarter kind of period, I know you were close to home. Did you end up traveling a lot to home? Like um, in that kind of adapting period? Um, I actually did. So a couple of times that I've traveled home um, was actually because like I felt frustrated of like being in college for a while because like academics, like I wasn't doing the best, like I said before. So something I did in order to like kind of like treat that was to be able to like just go home for a weekend to relax and like talk to my parents and like be in like an environment I'm more comfortable with before like going back into like college for me, which is like pretty new at that time. So I've definitely done a lot of that, but um, yeah, for the first quarter, I've definitely been home a lot more than like the second quarter, like before um, COVID hit, of course. Was that kind of like that feeling resonating with like the people around you as well? Do you think like that's just a general college vibe? Um, yeah, to an extent, um, I feel like for sure it has. And that's just because I wasn't like, I was pretty much completely new to like um, the college like experience and stuff. Um, so especially for me, like within my close family, I'm like the oldest sibling out of everyone. So I couldn't like look up to anyone for advice and kind of had to like just go about like my own for college. So I wasn't able to get as much suggestions from other people. So I feel like definitely it was really frustrating for me like at first to see other people doing a lot better than me like in terms of like college performance and like seemingly putting in way less effort than I was. So that's part of the reason why I kind of got frustrated and like went back home for a couple of times during my first quarter. So like with the first quarter and all behind, kind of going transitioning to the YouTube stuff, I wanted to ask mm -hmm. first, like how did you really get like into the YouTube? And how has that been for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for me, I actually like have been doing YouTube for quite some time. So I've only been making vlogs for now it's like technically my third year of making YouTube like vlog type videos. But I've had other channels before on YouTube where like in like high school where I made like video game like videos or um, yeah or like I was also on like my school's news team in high school. So I've had a lot of experience when it comes to like YouTube. It's been like my hobby for quite some time. And 
I feel like that was definitely because of like me growing up watching a lot of YouTube, as well as making my own videos for like science projects. So during high school, I feel like a lot of my like classes, they will require projects like that are video based. And it's definitely, in my opinion, like the more enjoyable projects to do compared to other stuff. But um, yeah, that's how I've mainly got started on YouTube. And in college, I pretty much just continued what I did in high school, though at like a less frequent rate, I feel, because I got more busy. But um, yeah, I tried to like just document like any interesting bits of my life and like try to create a video from that. I'm just wondering, how did you uh, like, mm -hmm. I, you have a lot of subscribers, at least compared to that. So how did you, uh, how did you like blow up? What videos kind of uh, got you, I got, I got a lot of views, I guess. Okay, um, I think for me, like the first initial waves, like me and my senior year of high school. So like college decision reactions, I kind of got bored because of senioritis and I made a lot of those types of videos. Um, I thought it would have been like interesting to instead of doing like a compilation like other people, I just like make a video, talk about like the colleges and then react to my decision and then give like afterthoughts. So a way longer video for each individual college than like an overall just a simple reaction. Um, I think that's how I got some of my subscribers and then like more people I think now slowly has been like looking at my YouTube channel to like see what it's like to like go to UCLA and um, have like college like memories and like events there. So like what food there is at like UCLA, what did my dorm room look like my freshman year? And I think that's partly because of COVID, like all the freshmen who couldn't be on campus for like the first year, they wanted to know what it's like. So they're watching a lot of like college type videos. And I think that's how like they got to like my videos, but it's a cool experience for sure. Um, I've actually like back in like my freshman year, like uh, some people might like call me out if like I'm in one of their classes and stuff and like, to say like, aren't you the guy that like makes YouTube videos about UCLA? And like, I thought that was always awesome. Even like in dining halls and stuff, like people sometimes might, might like recognize me. And for sure, it like definitely takes away from academics a bit and like gives me something else to like look forward to. Um, so I guess like in your opinion, uh, since you make like a, a, a wide variety of content, I look at, uh, when I look at your channel, you have like a lot of vlogs. Um, and then you also like tip videos. So like, what are your favorite types of videos to make, I guess? And mm -hmm. yeah, just what are your favorite types of videos? Yeah, I would say the best videos for me to make is like probably like interesting vlog ideas. So if there's something going on like near like UCLA, like something that's college related and like I'm just vlogging around and there's something cool that happens to me and my friends I think those videos are the best just because from my perspective, like I can look at those videos like a year, two years down the line and like be able to like basically relive that memory with like the friends that like I'm with. So something that I've done like with like my friends sometimes when I meet, meet up with them is like we'll actually watch some like old videos of mine and then like they'll be like in the background talking as well and then just have a good time because of it. So the nostalgia and being able to like replay vlogs that like other friends are in 
to have this sense of community is like probably like my favorite types, but the tip videos and like um, the different like college focused ones aren't bad either because like it also like brings me back to like um, just like my freshman year in college and um, it brings back nostalgia. There's just not as much of a social like aspect to it. For your YouTube channel, like obviously now you have a lot more subscribers, but when you were first starting, like kind of what gave you the motivation to just continue doing it even with the lower followers? And also like, why did you start in the first place? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess I'll answer the second part for a second. So how I started on YouTube was mainly like me trying to like document like my life in general. So doing like day of my life videos, efforts it's like a good way for me to like keep track of like stuff i do throughout the years as well as like um just anything interesting going on or like any trends that happen so like i've had like archived like high school day of my life videos that are like to like me in like sophomore year or me in like junior year and like my friends were like doing the water bottle flipping like thing in like the vlog so it's really fun to like look over it. So that's the main reason why I decided to like start it and then continue doing it. As for the second part, um, so I can repeat like the second part of the question again, or like your first part of it. Oh, for the first part I asked like, now, since you have followers now, but maybe before when you're first starting, when you had low followers, what gave you like the motivation to keep on going? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I think that part of the question kind of answers itself is like, I feel like for YouTube wise, um, people shouldn't really do it necessarily for like the followers aspect of it, but rather more for like the community part of it. I feel like for me, um, I was able to keep going just because like, I think it's really fun to be able to like see my friends in like these videos with me, like hanging out, doing fun stuff, like throughout each vlog. So that's the reason why I was able to like get through a lot of these like editing like videos because like when I'm editing, I get to see like what we're doing like over and over again, but um, it's definitely been more difficult to do so during like coronavirus when it's just me talking to a camera sometimes. So like with those, I kind of just had to power through. But when like pre-COVID and I started YouTube and stuff, definitely with just the sense of like community, I was able to like continue going even though I had like almost no subscribers. All right, uh, last question. So. I saw on your Instagram okay. that in, in high school you played a little bit of football. Um, does does yeah. college have any like intramural sports and stuff that you're involved in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so actually like because football is a fall sport, during my freshman year at college, I was on like an intramural team with like some of the people that I've known or like people from San Diego to like play football. Um, it was definitely a different experience than like high school football for sure. Um, Cause like for high school football, I was kind of like a wide receiver and like a backup kicker. So it was, um, th there were a lot of people that are better than me at football when I was on high school. 
as the intramurals, like all of a sudden, I find myself like as like the only person with like actual like football experience within like my friends. So like, it's pretty funny, but like they basically made me play quarterback, which I've never played before in like my entire like football career, like short one year high school football career. But um, it was still really fun though, um, being able to like just play football in general, even at a college like place. Um, we weren't the best team for sure, but like we were able to like win a couple games and um, I feel like that was pretty nice with like intramural and stuff. We pretty much intramural is like just any sport, but like for fun with friends. All right, that was cool, yeah. I think uh, we, we were all looking at fairs and then we were all talking about how there's intramurals and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that kind of wraps it up. Thanks for coming and uh, answering all our questions. We had a great time learning about, you know, you and YouTube, med school, and all the stuff that you're doing in college, online college. Um, I think that was a pretty fun time for all of us, and we hope you had a good time too. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs>